Blog Talk Radio. Make the roster. 
Yeah, I know, and that's my point exactly, because a lot of people are screaming, calling in sports radio, saying, Tim Tebow, how can you take Tim Tebow? But he might not even make the roster. He's the body coming into camp. He's going to work out with the team. you see if you have anything in him. And if not, you'll cut him. The Patriots did the same thing a couple years ago, and it was nothing with nothing. Yeah, and I think it hurts the chances the Eagles draft someone. But I, I could see Tebow possibly beating out of Matt Barkley. But uh, Dinger, who's the one man who I respect more than anyone when it comes to football, said that it's been tried to put him in packages to gain a few yards and to ensure that you can get short yardage gains, and it just doesn't work. You're going to have to play him as a, as an emergency quarterback. There's no way he's jumping above Sanchez, is there? No, there's no way he's jumping above Sanchez, and there's no way he's going to start over Bradford, considering well, Bradford's kidding. the starter here. And I don't think it, it really affects them taking a quarterback because I don't think they look at Tim Tebow as the long-term solution at quarterback. I think if we end up keeping Bradford, it's a one-year trial. Maybe you give him a team-friendly contract if he succeeds. If not, then you go in and you look for a quarterback, either drafting this year or this next season coming along. See, I think that Bradford, you're not going to get a, a, a team-friendly contract. I think he either does nothing here and he, we let him go on his way, or he does really well here and he gets franchised. And if he gets franchise tagged, I'm not sure if the Eagles hope that they can sign him or that someone else tries to sign him and gets to first. Well, I like the route of the franchise tag better. I'm going to go and agree with you on that if he does have a successful season. Absolutely. I'll take you first. Yeah, well, I mean, of course I'll take the trade, but just for the fact, I'd rather franchise him and let him prove it again rather than go ahead and commit long-term after one season. Right, and and the good thing about the franchise tag is it's one year, and then you give either give a big contract or you don't. You can't franchise tag someone two years in a row. I mean, you can. No, but I then think you can. I think you, the new collective tag- bargaining. Technically, you can, but he would cost $30 million, which is – like a third of your cap. Yeah, that's that's too high. Um, but anyway, back to Tebow. I mean, I'm excited to see what he has. You know, he, he's he's a good guy. Why not give him a shot? He's he's a camp body. And also, there's a lot of talk with Chip Kelly potentially trying to be ahead of the curve and going for the two point conversion more. And that's going to become a trend in the NFL. And that's you know, Tim Tebow looks like he's built for that. Absolutely. I, I don't mind the Tebow move. The only th- the only thing that you have to worry about is that that third quarterback rule. If someone's a third quarterback, they're an emergency quarterback, and they're only able to play in the fourth quarter. And if they come in earlier, then you can't play the other two quarterbacks. Right. But, I mean, I don't I don't think they're going to have the plans to play him quarterback. You could bring him in for a, a trick play. You can't. Once you, once you put the guy in, your other quarterbacks can't play. That's the rule of the third quarterback. The only way you can do it is if you sat another one of your guys. And you let him, you move him away from the emergency quarterback. The rule of the emergency quarterback, the reason why you can stay in three quarterbacks, is until the fourth quarter, you cannot play your third quarterback unless it's an emergency. And if the third quarterback well, comes you don't in, have to list him as a third quarterback. You can list him as an H back. Right, which means that and he could be an emergency. The problem, quarterback the problem with that is then he'd have to play special teams. I don't know if he can do. You that. don't have to play special teams. I, he, 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 why not, Matt? What's the difference? If you have a roster spot for Tim Tebow, say Tim Tebow makes the roster, okay? And say they want to use him for special plays, say they want to use him um, trick plays, two-point conversion, short yardage plays, and you don't list him as your third quarterback, you list him as a fifth, fourth running back, you don't have to put him on special teams because you still 
quarterbacks technically on the roster. You're just listing, air quotes, two of them as a quarterback and putting one as another position. There's no law. There's no NFL rule. That Are you says, done? Because I'm, I'm about to explain it. Yeah, well, no, I'm not done. I'm just saying there's no rule that says that right. as a fourth yeah, running yeah, back, ahead. you have to play special teams. There, there, no, there isn't. But there is a rule that says that you can only sit – you can only dress a certain number of players, which is, which is the reason why there's very few spots that you can play that don't do anything. There's very few spots. I mean, you, you could get away with it, but then you, you're probably going to need all of your receivers to play special teams, or you're going to need an extra guy who normally wouldn't play special teams to play special teams. That makes no sense because how many teams carry three quarterbacks now with the 46-man roster? I'm trying to explain to you. The third quarterback doesn't count against the roster. The reason why is because he's considered an emergency quarterback. There's a rule for that so that you can have that just so if a team gets two quarterbacks injured, they don't lose. I don't know about that, Cole. I do know about that. I think that is still It does not because he's an emergency quarterback. And I think if Tebow – last year the Eagles, Eagles carried three quarterbacks. I think if Tebow – Right, but uh, what I'm saying is – No, I understand what you're saying, but I'm saying this. I think – Tim Tebow will go to camp. If Tim Tebow produces, if Tim Tebow shows that he can play a position or multiple positions, they'll find a spot on the roster for him. If he can't play multiple positions or he can't play a position, then he won't make the team. I mean, it's as simple as that. Right. I'm not debating you with that. I'm just saying that I don't think that he's going to come in and try and do the two-point conversion thing and be a specialist type player. The only way I can see that happening is if he play multiple positions other than quarterback. The reason why is because it is so tight on the roster restrictions. And you need almost every bench player you have to play special teams. Well, Kelly's actually been known, you know, I mean, the starters have played special teams prior. Absolutely. And I, and I wouldn't be shocked to see Tebow play special teams. He's got he's got special speed. Yeah. He, well, could, he, could, he could play special teams, yeah. He could theoretically. He's a big guy. He could hit. I don't think he makes a team unless – he gets off the I want to be a quarterback. No, he's a long shot to make the team, and I'm with you, and that's, that's how I opened up, that people were, were overreacting for a long shot to make the roster. Having said that, it'll be fun to watch. It'll be something to look at, and it'll be an interesting story to talk about for a couple of weeks. The route I'm shocked that you're not taking is that Chip Kelly, the egomaniac, is just getting in the news again with Tebow. Because you seem to hate Kelly more than anyone, but yet you seem to love this move. Well, because I like Tim Tebow. This isn't really a, a loving Chip Kelly. This is a, I like Tim Tebow, so I'm happy to see him. Can I ask why you like Tim Tebow? I just like Tebow. He's a good guy. You know, I feel like he got – he's not a great quarterback. I mean, I'm. It's, you know, I could argue anything. I don't know if I, I could argue think, that. I don't think he's a good quarterback. I, as a matter of fact, I think he's the only quarterback but it, under but it, 50%. But it, it's, it's a non-issue because it's, it's a non-guaranteed roster spot. They invite 90 guys to camp. You know, they could invite me to camp, and it wouldn't make a difference. I, I want them to invite me to camp. I would love to be invited to camp. But the point is, it doesn't matter, and people are, are overreacting. I agree. I like the story. You know, I like the story. And you never know. What if somehow Tim Tebow reinvented himself? They said he's been working hard with a quarterback's coach. for the last yeah, Brady's quarterback. Too. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen. You know, you don't just wake up and become an NFL quarterback. But – I mean, what the heck? Give him a shot. Bring him into camp. You have a story. You'll have some interest, and it'll be something to look forward to during the preseason. You know how those preseason games are. They drag and they're boring, and it'll just be a nice story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Moving on, the 
Phillies have done their part in collapsing. Have you been watching any of the Phillies games, Gary? Yeah, I've been watching some of them, and I mean, I I guess you can call it a collapse. Can you call it a collapse, or can you call it just expectations? It's a continuation of a collapse of an old roster that has not been improved upon, and they had no young talent. Absolutely none. You gotta, yeah, you, you gotta feel hopeful for Adriel Herrera, who seems to be waking up and hitting 300. Yeah, I mean it's so early in the season. That's why I don't know if collapse is the right word. Also, the expectation coming into the season, what they were. Um, I mean, but the the thing is, they're not going to offer Adriel Herrera back now, no matter what, because they saw what happened when they have they offered Ender and Cars, Ender and Cars, and Carte, and Carte. They they offered him back to uh, the Diamondbacks last year, and all he did was hit 300 with, and he basically was a Jubal Herrera right now. So I think they learned their lesson. They realized that you know you got to keep this guy on your roster, and then next year, if you need to, you can send him down. But it looks like they've got a quality player there out of the Rule Five pick, and the last quality player we got out of Rule Five was Shane Victorino. Yeah, I mean. It's a, it's a little early to make that comparison, but... But Victorino was very nice, and he was a key member to your core yeah. that helped win a World I mean, listen, series. if Herrera develops into that, then it's it's great. I don't think they're going to offer him back. I think he'll be on the roster, barring oh, injury for the remainder of the season. I think he's a starter. Right, unless he gets hurt or unless he absolutely. just, you know, somehow bats 190 for the next three months. Well, absolutely. Well, But this kid comes with a pedigree. He led the Texas League in hits. He led the Texas League in average. Can steal 20, 30 bases. Yeah, he, he looks like he could be a good player. I think this is what you're going to get out of the Phillies. You're going to get a lot of losing streaks. You're going to have a couple bright moments, a couple a couple glimmers of hope. Not only that, two, the thing that no one realizes about Herrera is he never played outfield before this year. His natural position is second base. So if you can move Chase Utley along, which you can't right now because he's collapsing right on himself, but if you can somehow move Chase Utley along, then you can put Herrera at second base, and no one talks about the uh, power outage in the outfield. I mean, Herrera's still a power outage. He's not a power guy. Right, but at second base, you're not you're generally not anticipating yeah, to have uh, it. Yeah, I mean, if you move Utley, and I think they're going to look to move Utley. Absolutely. Um, I, think, I think you'll be able to move Utley. I just don't know if you're going to get a package in return. Right. I mean, you can move him. If you want to take peanuts for him, so I, and I think if he starts hitting again, which I believe he will, then he's gonna be a piece that you might be able to move for something at the trade deadline. And then, and then, I mean, what's the deal with Franco? Is he gonna get caught up? I think he's been tearing it up. Franco has gotten in trouble this week. Actually, I, I looked at the minor league notes. He was looking at a ball that he thought he hit out of the park. And he hit it against the wall, and he got a single out of it. So they actually had to send him to discipline him. However, other than that, he's hitting 350 in AAA. He doesn't have any homers, but he's been ter- he's been hitting the ball pretty pretty cleanly. And he's he's the one guy on AAA roster who's actually hitting the ball. He's only hitting 350. Yeah, I mean, I, I would bring him up, and, and it's already past that I point. It's not already, yet. Why not? What's the difference? If you give him the reps at the major league level. You're not going to give him the reps. Where are you going to play him? At, uh, you can bench. I don't know. Where's he playing? Third base? First base. First base. 
you can't bench. Yeah, you're not going to bench. You're not going to bench. You're not going to bench Ash. I know you're not benching Ash. I'm thinking, weren't they working it out in the outfield too? Yeah, not really. Trying first. It's hard. It's, I don't know. I feel like I feel like if you are the Phillies and and hear me out on this, and you're a team that's going to potentially lose upwards of a hundred games, you even if you find at bats for players who are going to help you produce in the future. Because saving at-bats for players who aren't going to help you, who are just going to help you lose 100 games, is really counterproductive. Here's a counterargument to that. And you saw it with Chris Bryant. Baseball is about control. Years you have control of players. So you want your top guys to be stuck in the minors for as long as you can until you can have them start. For two reasons. Number one, there's no at-bats. You're still trying to move Ryan Howard. I don't think it's possible. You're still trying to get him at bats to give him some value. Number two, if you if you bring him up in September, you can control him for another year. Yeah, I mean, I hear you with with that. And but I thought that the deal was that the that that time had passed. That's why I thought they held Chris Bryant down because it was like a, a timing with baseball. And now right. that time had passed. Well, Bryant bring him up. Bryant did what Franco's did not. The reason why Bryant did is because he played a certain number of games last year. Franco actually played more games than him last year. And if you hold him down till September, you get another full year. And right now – I don't now, think Brian played any games in the Major League. They were talking about this was his Major League debut. That no, it game. wasn't. He played in September. I want to look that up. Absolutely. Um, Like I said, you want to keep control of him until you have a position for him. Because in the minors, he's going to continue to get at bats. If you bring him up to the Major Leagues and you don't have a position for him, you're going to have him sit on the bench, and he could lose his momentum, and you really don't want that to happen. Is that Tim Tebow? Uh, you don't want to bring him to the NFL until you have a position for him? No. It's completely <laughs> different. Baseball is completely different. AAA looks barren, except for, like you said, Mikel Franco. Looks like he could be a player. O'Sullivan's come up here and pitched decently. You yeah, know? come on. Whatever. Reading Phillies, 7-3. They are the hottest team in Double A. They won five in a row, and they're doing it with great starting pitching. The, the moves that we have made in the off season seem to be paying off. The guys who are starting off really hot. Zach Eflin has two wins and hasn't given up a run yet. Jesse Biddle is, I believe, he's the team in strikeouts and has a uh, 1.53 ERA or something. Chris Bryant didn't play in a major league twice here. I'm looking at his stats on baseballreference.com. Okay. Well, then then they had to keep him. Okay, so he was, they were keeping him down to keep him from being a Super 2. Or to make him a Super 2 next year. Or, I mean, the year after. So, if you don't start out with the team. But I'm telling you, Garrett, because I know Mikel Franco was on the team last year. Yeah, no, I know that. I know so, Franco was on the team. So, sure. you got to wait until those rules come in. And like I said, you don't want to play him until you get a position. Um, Aaron Nola looks good. He, he doesn't look the best. Eflin looks like the best. He looks like the first one who's going to be called up. And then there's Roman Quinn. That's our one hitter. Problem with Roman Quinn, he's exactly Ben Revere slash Gabriel Herrera. He's an outfielder who's going to give you lots of speed, lots of singles. He can hit some doubles. He hits a few triples. But he's not going to give you any pop. No pop whatsoever. Lots of speed. And if you have somehow an outfield of a Drew Herrera, 
Ben Revere and Roman Quinn, you have absolutely no power in your outfield. Yeah, I mean, and and that's a problem because this isn't a team that's going to string together three, four hits to get a run. You're gonna you're gonna need to hit a home run because you're not going to have a lot of high batting average in the lineup. So it's just a, it's just a mess. I mean, Aaron Nola, he's he's hopeful. First round pick last year, had a good season. He seems to be shooting up the way you want him to shoot up at the second. I don't think he's pick. gonna. I don't think he's gonna make the majors this year. Like no, I don't think he'll be in the majors this year. He might be in September call up. He's gonna be September call up. But I mean, I'm talking about his progression. He was just drafted last year. You like the way he's progressing. Right Absolutely, now. because the first guy, first guy from his draft class is already up here, up to the majors, and he's actually starting. I believe tonight. Who's that? Someone. Uh, Carlos Rondon. Okay. And then um and then Biddle, he's been around for a while already. It's starting but, to get tired of hearing his name. Yeah, but he's really young. He came out, he of, came high out of high school. I know that. He's probably one in his early twenties, twenty three, twenty two. It's one between twenty one and twenty four. I can't remember. They're all between twenty one and twenty four. Doesn't matter. Twenty four still young for double A. Yeah, well, let's just see him come up and and. I, at this point, I don't want to. And see I think all Philadelphia fans can agree with me at this point. And I know you have to find at bats for them. You have to find innings for them to pitch. But I think everybody's pretty much come to the realization that the season's gone, packed in the bag. You know, you're still going to go down to the. You're still going to go down to the park. You're going to go down with your friends. You're going to tailgate. You're going to you're going to go to a game. It's be nice weather. It's fun tailgating. It's fun being at the ballpark. You know, you're not going to have to fight people for tickets. It'll be. But the fact is, everybody just wants to see what's next now. Once you realize that you have nothing in front of you, you want to know what's next. And everybody wants to know what's next, and they want to see what's next. And All right, but you're not, they're not bringing them up. Ruben already said it. If you want to see where our future is, go to Red. And I would rather go to a Red Phillies game right now than a Philadelphia Phillies game. Well, yeah, if you want to see the future baseball talent, but if you just want to go have a good time, I'd rather go to Cisco. I'd rather, I'd rather go to Reading. Oh, my God, have you been there? I haven't been to Reading, no. Reading is fun. They have a pool. They have all you can eat seats. They do a lot of stuff for the fans. It's not as easy. Well, to get a minor league league. park, minor leaguers, minor league parks always have those fun. Right, but these guys are going to be major league players. Usually, well, yeah, you want to see the, you want to see their talent because there's not that much at the big league level. Absolutely, but you can't tell me it's not fun to go to Citizens Bank Park. You pregame, you tailgate out in the parking lot, you get in the third inning, watch a couple get couple now, innings, I hit remember, on the and I remember when I was younger. I remember when I was younger, I bought a beer for someone who was slightly underage that and almost me. got in trouble. I was at school. That was TJ and Todd. I remember the story. I, I thought it was you. No, I wasn't there. I was in college at the time. I wasn't wasn't around at that game. They almost kicked us out, but they didn't for some reason. Well, we got we got away with it. Got away with that one. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, like I said, I'd rather go to Reading. Flyers fired Craig Berube. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a move that a lot of people were anticipating the way the season unfolded. A lot of people questioned whether Taco would be able to do it just because of his personal relationship. Hextall, you mean? I mean, Hextall. Yeah. Uh, Berube, of course, played with Hextall. And right. Very close friends. And I'm sure they had a discussion about it, and I'm sure Hextall put it all out there. And, I mean, it, maybe it is. Uh, maybe we'll separate them into hurt the friendship, but... I don't business. think so. Business is, is and not business. only that, the rumor is that Ruby would consider coming back as an assistant. 
Yeah. Because she wants to stay in the in the area. She can get a front office job, a scouting job. I'm sure there's somewhere. That right. Be. And and she wants to stay in the area because of his family. Um, NHL playoffs have started. Uh, they're always exciting. I I start watching round two honestly. Although I did catch a few games, I saw. So the Winnipeg went into overtime in the first game in their stadium in 20 years. And uh, I saw the Rangers beat the Penguins, who I didn't even realize were in the playoffs. Yeah, they snuck in. They snuck they in. Snuck in. And now they're playing the Rangers. I think it should be. I think it's 2-1, isn't it? Yeah, 2-1. Two, 2-1 one, two, one Rangers. The Rangers look like they just outclassed. Uh, the one thing I will say about Baruby, though, is that I think Laviolette got a raw deal. I think Laviolette was a better coach than Baruby. I don't think it was even close. I think Laviolette's one of the best coaches in hockey. And I think that he should still be here. He's, he's tearing up with Nashville. Yeah. No, I, I understand where you're coming from. At the time, the Eagles, I mean, I'm sorry, not the Eagles, the Flyers made a move. about felt like the best direction for the team to go was a different direction. Sometimes it comes back to bite a team in there, and they, you know what, mm-hmm. Nick Foles. Sometimes when you feel like you have to move on from a player, or really Nick Foles. I'm just saying. Sometimes you feel like it's like it's like sometimes you feel like you have to get out of a relationship, and then you miss your ex girlfriend or you miss your ex boyfriend. Really, has that ever happened to you? Yeah, <laughs> a serious girlfriend. What? Well, yeah. I guess. All right. So anyway, so um. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, there's a rumor going around. We're going to go back to the Eagles. There's a rumor going around that uh, Colin Cowherd tweeted that the Eagles might be involved in the three-way deal. It would involve getting the number two pick from Tennessee. We'd give Tennessee our third-round pick. Tennessee would give the number two pick to us. And the Chargers would fill up Rivers and our number 19 pick. The Chargers wouldn't get those. I mean, the Chargers, yeah, the, uh, I'm sorry, the Titans would get the Rivers. We'd get Rivers in the third rounder. Mm -hmm. And the Chargers would get Bradford and number 19. Yeah, let me just go ahead and save everybody the trouble from screaming at the top of their lungs into their listening devices right now. That is the most ridiculous trade. I'm doing it if I'm the Eagles. Oh, well, obviously. If you're the Eagles, you're doing it. I'm doing it if I'm the Eagles, too. But I'm saying you're not doing it if you're San Diego. You're not doing it if you're You know what? I'm not even waiting for the draft. I don't even care if Mariota's there. That's all it costs to get up to number two. Yeah, you're taking it. I'm doing it now. Right, right. You're taking it because then you can get Winston if Mariota's not there. Exactly. So you're doing the trade. But you're not doing the trade because – the Chargers, first of all, all the rumors are the Chargers are really interested in Mariota. So, the, so, another thing is, there's three teams that have already, that you said the Browns, the Rams, and one other team, and I think the Chargers are all looking to trade for that pick. So, there's that much demand. I can't believe that it will only take 19 No, third Colin Coward has no idea what he's talking about. I mean, he's a, he's a good show. You know, I like a show. I, I hate show. It, he hates Philadelphia. But, he's not exactly the most informed guy on this, and Right, the trade's not happening. Here, here's where here's where something interesting did happen. Adam Schefter is one of the most plugged-in people in the NFL, and he stated the Eagles are very much in on Mariota. Now yeah. he did not say that price. He 
did not say right. that price. I'm not going to argue that the Eagles still aren't interested in Mariota, I think. And he said he said he believes that the, there's a way that they can get it done. Yeah, I think there's always a way you can get something done. You know, everybody – what did Ted DiBiase say? Uh, everyone Everybody's has a price. a price. Right. So, you know, and the, there's always a way to get things done. Um, you just have to find the right number, and that trade's definitely not the right number. Now – if you go and you approach Tampa Bay and you say, we're going to give you 20 this year, we're going to give you a one next year, we're going to give you a one in 2017. Sam Bradford. And Sam Bradford, which I don't know if they're interested in or not. You know, then then you might be able to get the trade done. But to say that all you're going to have to give up is a third Bradford and a 20th pick and you're going to end up moving up. So I, I agree. I, I can't believe that. I would, I would, like I said, I would do that trade today. I, I don't even need to see anything. If, I'd be stuck at quarterback. I'd, I'd take either Humley or, or Penny in the second round, and I'd probably go. Well, if you got a number two, and I'd probably, be stuck I'd probably take a receiver like White or Cooper. At two. At two. Yeah. Do you like not like Winston or Mariota? I don't like. I, I would take Win. I would take Mariota there, but if he's not, I don't like. Him. You don't like him in the system. You don't like his. I don't like him in the issues, system. I don't, don't like. I don't like him in the system. I don't like his off the field issues. I think he's going to be an okay quarterback. I don't think he's going to be worthy of the number two. I don't think Mariota's going to be a superstar. I I think it's going to a lot of that's going to depend on what system he goes to. I think with Chip Kelly, he has a shot to be a real star. I don't know. It's debatable. What's the bait? His interception touchdown interception ratio. Is college out of football, man. There's a big difference between college football and the NFL. Right, but there's you still have to play. Pros still have to play college, right, and I no one has that. had a better interception touchdown interception ratio than this guy, other than Barkley one year, and then he got destroyed his shoulder. Yeah, or Barkley's shoulder. But I'm not gonna go, and I'm not gonna say Mariota's gonna come to the league. He's gonna be a washout. I'm not going to go, and I'm not going to say Mario's going to come to the league, and even if he plays under Chip Kelly, he's going to be a superstar, because I think it's a ridiculous statement. I think that just goes to Right, everyone's going to be a risk, no I think it's just going back to the point that people are giving Chip Kelly all this undeserved love, calling him the guru, the wizard, the ultimate genius of the universe. Well, they, now, Mario is going to come here, and he's going to throw for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns, and the Eagles are going to go 16-0 and win six Super Bowls well, in six years. They theoretically on, could. Well, they theoretically could do really well next year because their schedule looks really well. Speaking of the schedule, I mean, obviously the schedule release is expected tonight. But they've already announced the teams. The they already announced the teams. We're going to be playing the AFC. So there you got Buffalo, you got the Dolphins, you got Jets, and of course New England. Right. So New England, you know, not this is a tough game. It's a tough game. And the rest think, of them are. Well, Miami and Buffalo both improved. I don't know if I'd call them a cakewalk. I don't think they. I think I think they lose one of those other three. I don't like Buffalo. I, I think Shady's going to be fine. I don't think Rex well, Ryan's yeah, got a quarterback. Quarterback. No. They I have a top five defense. I don't like the Jets. I don't think they have a quarterback. No. I don't like Miami. I'm not high on Tannehill like other people are. I'm not high on Tannehill either. I think out of the bunch, she's the best. Probably, but it's I mean, besides fault. Brady, of course. But. Yeah, but it's by default. Right. But I think Miami unless, and Buffalo. Unless the Jets get Mariota. Miami and Buffalo were both nine win teams last year. Or Miami might have been eight and eight. I know Buffalo was nine and seven. But they have to play in that awful division. So a lot of their wins come from yeah, there. Yeah, they're just beating each other up. But they still, if you split one and one, you know, you're getting beat by New England twice. No, that's not true. But I think Miami did beat them last year. Right. Buffalo. I don't think Buffalo is going to beat 
one. Well, I can't remember which one, but I know the Cleveland. But I, I think you're underestimating. I think Miami and Buffalo are both average teams. You know, Maybe. I think the Jets are below. Average. I think they're. I think the records are inflated every year because of that division. And I, I don't, I don't see the improvements. I like Sammy. I love Sammy Watkins. Well, I like that. Percy Harvin, but they have no one to throw the ball to. No, I know Manny was a joke, and um, they signed someone. The Tampa Bay guy two years ago, uh, McNeil. Oh, Josh McNeil. I think McNeil. No, he's, he's Josh McNeil. He's with the Browns now. No, they. Josh McNeil got signed by the Browns. They signed someone. They signed someone. But either way, whatever. If we can't think of him off the top of our head, it's nobody worth noting. But the fact is, I think Buffalo is a home game, too. I think we're going to have to go into Miami. Gotta go into New England. I know that. Is it a road game or yes. a home game? Okay, so that's awesome. So well, let's let's just say that. So then, of course, you got the six division games. Which Dallas is okay. Well, Giants look like they might be a little better. Washington, they suck. And then you got. I know they got to play the Saints. They finished second last year, so they're gonna have to play the Saints. They're gonna have to play the Lions. I mean, it's 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 not exactly like the easiest schedule in the world. You know, it's pretty easy. The Eagles aren't that great of a team. So to go ahead and say they're going to go 13 and 3, you know, a lot of teams might be looking at the Eagles and saying this is an unfinished product right now. What are they bringing to us? Right. I think a lot of it's going to depend on what they do with receivers because they're still very far behind on receivers. Right. And time's ticking. You have the draft, and then you have what? Let me ask you this. What game are you most looking forward to this season? Dallas, always. Yeah, but, all right, besides Dallas, because that's twice a year, every year. Outside of the division, what are you most looking forward to? Cardinals. Cardinals always play us tough. Are we playing it? Yes, we are. Are we playing the West, or is that just a second-place I, I don't know if it's a second-place matchup. I, I saw the list. I don't have it in front of me, and I saw the Cardinals on there, and I believe we're playing them at home. All right, yeah, Arizona's always play tough. I mean, I think I'm most looking forward to New England. You want to get the true test away from the champions. I think I'm also looking forward to Shady. There's, they were saying that that could be a possible week one. I heard that they were going to start on the road. Matt Castle should be Buffalo's okay, quarterback. Well, he's, he's better than or, um not Warren. He's better than DJ. But um, it's better than Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, I think so. But uh, I, I heard today that there were some leakages and the same schedule got released, and there's a lot of buzz that they're going to be coming here. Almost nice. And then week one is going to be a road game. I, I, I don't like the, uh, the Saints this year. I think that they've given up on Jimmy Graham way too soon. And I don't, I don't know, know if they gave up on him as much as it was just a contract. Or, it had to be something else. I, I don't think they thought that he wanted I would give player. Jimmy Graham whatever he wants. He is a difference maker at a position where there's not a lot of difference makers. And we, it seems that we have a call right now. And... Hello, caller. Hello, caller. Hello. Hello. Hey, Hi. how you doing? What's up? What's up? Welcome to the show. Who's this? It's Eric. Oh, it's Eric. I didn't recognize your voice. Hey, hey. How you doing? <laughs> I am good. How are you? Good. You hear uh, what we're talking about? Uh, yeah, we're on um, 
NFL draft expectations for the Eagles scheduled. I heard it. Yeah. What, what do you do? You, do you agree with Matt thinking that the that the Dolphins and Buffalo and they're going to be pushovers? I don't think they'll be pushovers, but I know we play both of them at home, so I think they should win both of those games. Um, I think the Jets will be a pushover. I think they stink. Um, and then we get New England on the road, which uh, that'll be the true test. You know, you get the champs in New England. So, you know, that's, that's a game I'm looking forward to seeing, see where we're at, you know. Yeah, I want to see that too. Matt, Matt said Arizona would be his first priority for an outside division game. I think that Arizona is very easily matched with the Eagles, and I actually like Arizona a little bit better right now as we stand. It's going to depend, like I said, a lot on your ass. Yeah, Arizona. What do you think about Tebow? I don't, I, I don't buy Arizona. They have, they have no offense. Yeah, Palmer's, uh, he's, he's average at best. Palmer's very good if he's actually healthy. This is going to be a question of his health. Let's ask, let's ask Eric the, the real uh, issue. Eric, Tim Tebow, go. I hate Tim Tebow. <laughs> I do. He's not an NFL. He's not an NFL quarterback. I, I just think it's a way. I think it's a waste of time. And it's going to be yeah, it's going to be this great news story, and then ultimately, I don't think he's going to make the team. I mean, it's the big story was that this quarterback coach taught him how to throw a proper spiral. I mean, what does that tell you that a guy had to, who made the NFL had to be taught a proper sp- spiral? It tells you he's not, not just that good. the guy who made the NFL first round pick. Yeah, I agree yeah, with you. You don't you don't just learn how to become a quarterback. That's something that that takes years and years. So I don't understand that, but. Don't you think that there's a possibility they could find a place for him? He's better than Barkley, and you could do more with him than Barkley. So you don't think there's any opportunity, any chance at all that he stays on this roster? I personally don't. I I, th- I think I think he's a, one of those gimmick guys, and gimmick guys get figured out. I think he was perfect in the Wildcat, and the Wildcat got figured out real fast by NFL teams. I think that's what he would be ultimately good for. I mean, unless unless he wants to switch positions, which as far as I know, he still does not want to do that, like maybe try running back or tight end, I think he might be more suited for that. But as far as I know, he only wants to play quarterback, in which case his career passing percentage is 47%. That's insanely pathetic. Like your worst quarterbacks are in the low 50s. So I, I just I just don't see it. However, we are in a league where there's not enough quarterbacks to to fill out the rosters of all the teams. And while I don't think Tebow is going to make it here, do you think he could make it someplace that's completely devoid of talent at the quarterback position, like, I don't know, Buffalo, New York Jets, et cetera? Well, he was with the Jets, so he's not going to make it He there. was with the Jets, and yeah, what, does that, what does that tell you? He couldn't make the Jets. Sorry, Eric, what did you say? I mean, Team, I, I was saying he was with the Jets and he couldn't make that team. I mean that that's got to tell you something. Like right, I, but just I, two years later, hope maybe this guy did teach him something, and the Jets are in even worse position unless you believe that Geno Smith is something. I, I I actually am one of the few people who think that Geno Smith got a shot to be okay. I don't think he's had enough of a chance. I think he's had Rex Ryan screwing him up. And he's got a shot to be something. Beyond him, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick and the other trash that's there, I, I could see Tebow, if he does okay in, in throwing the ball, could make a roster somewhere. Hold on, hey, let me just, real fast before you chime in, let me just save you the time. 
Geno Smith has no chance to be anything. He's had his chance. For you to say that Geno Smith hasn't had the opportunity when he's had more starts than Nick Foles, and Nick Foles has way far outproduced him and looked way better on the field is ridiculous. Geno Smith sucks. He's horrible. Tim Tebow isn't going to go back to the Jets. They already tried that. It's not happening. He's either going to make the Eagles I'm roster just, or he's going to go back to hosting the being a, a talk show analyst on hold the on there. I, I never said it was specifically the Jets. I said there's teams like the Jets and Buffalo where they're devoid of talent. No, but I'm saying that you think Geno Smith might develop. All right, we all know he's that done. you love Nick It's not even about Nick Foles, though. It's just, it's just <laughs> You're that, the one who brought him into the conversation. That's just a dumb, biased, Philadelphia bandwagon jumping fans who, because Chip Kelly doesn't think Nick Foles is a good quarterback, but somehow you think Geno Smith has a chance to be a good quarterback. And if Geno Smith came here, everybody who says Geno Smith sucks now would say, Geno Smith's the next great thing. Philadelphia fans just annoy me so much, and I just had to get that out. Ian, make your point. Okay, well, uh, I think I'll hop, off, hop on your point there. Um, I, um, for one, I think you misquoted Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly never said that Nick Foles was a bad quarterback. In fact, he said Nick Foles was a good quarterback. He just happens to like Sam Bradford better. That's so he says. It could be all ploy to get Mariota. I don't think so. Right. Well, actions speak louder than words. I mean, come on. Actions definitely speak louder than words. And Okay, and look, he traded him down. for a guy. He, doesn't. He, tra- he traded him for a guy who he said he thought was better. He did not say that Nick Foles was a bad quarterback. said Nick Foles was a good quarterback. said if he could have Bradford and Foles, he would have kept them both because he loves having talent. That's what he said. And then, but he said you have to trade something to get something. So he just happens to like Sam Bradford better. He might be he might be wrong. He might be wrong. Well, only time's going to tell about that. But he did not say Nick Foles was a bad quarterback. Secondly, you're right, Geno Smith. He traded a guy to get a guy he thought was better. That doesn't mean the guy is bad. That's the action. What I'm saying is you're saying he never came out and said Nick Foles isn't a good quarterback. Of course not. That's coach speak. Coaches aren't going to come out and badmouth a player when there's no reason to badmouth a player. But clearly he didn't have the faith in him. And whether he has the faith in Bradford Bradford or whether Bradford's a stepping stone to Mariota or so whatever comes next, he didn't have the faith in Foles. So – I don't think that you could say that he thought Nick Foles was a great quarterback or a good quarterback because if he thought that, then he would, you know, Nick Foles would still be here. So the actions uh, that speak louder than the words, he didn't come out and specifically say Nick Foles is a bad quarterback. But he also didn't give him the, you know, what what he needs to give him. What the respect he, why, the he, gave him, he gave him the he gave him the starting job. He did give him the starting job. He got hurt. And then he found a, he's found a way to get a guy he thinks is better. That's his evaluation. He may be wrong. He may be right. Time will tell. Um, but you can only go by what the man said. And that's what he said. And his, even his, act, his actions followed his words because he said he thinks Sam Bradford is better than Nick Foles. Like I said, I know you, you don't. And it's funny Foles. that you say that you have Philadelphia fans are all these bandwagons and they use their bias. But you have the same bias. You are in love with Nick Foles. You're in love with him. So no matter what anybody says about Nick Foles, if it's bad, you're not going to agree with it. That's your bias. Everybody has bias. And, I mean, just the fact that you're in love with Nick Foles, that means we could probably put almost any quarterback up there and you're going to take Nick Foles over. And that's fine. No, that's not what I meant by that because I'm still a fan of Nick Foles. I'm still saying that Nick Foles is a good quarterback, and I still think he has a chance to succeed. What I'm talking about is people in Philadelphia 
who love somebody, somebody like Shady McCoy, who for six years they were dazzled by, they loved him, and then all of a sudden now he can't pick up one yard, he can't pick up two yards. People who last year were telling that DeMarco Murray was a product of Dallas's line, and now all of a sudden he's Jim Brown because he's here and he's a straight north-south runner and he's going to take this team to the top. And people like that, people who, who will hate somebody because they're with a different team, they'll hate somebody because of a different situation, and then they come to Philadelphia or vice versa, and they'll love somebody in Philadelphia. And then all of a sudden when Chip Kelly or somebody else says this isn't the way to do and they go somewhere else, then they jump off the bandwagon. People are bandwagon jumpers in this city. At least I'm, I like a guy and I'll stick with a guy. And, you know, call me I a bandwagon see. jumper, but I stick, with my, I stick with my people and I stick with my opinions, whether they're in Philadelphia, whether they're in St. Louis, Buffalo, New York, no matter where they go, I stick with them. All right, let me ask you both something. Okay. The Nick, in your mm-hmm. opinions, did Nick Foles play well last year? Eric, go first. Absolutely not. He, had a, he was a mediocre quarterback towards the lower end of quarterbacks. Just last year, he did not have a good year now. He threw some bad interceptions. I've already admitted this. He had a couple bad games. He's had some. He had some great throws, and he was still sticking to as a starter. And you could say the defense and the special teams helped. But you know what? The defense and the special teams helped Russell Wilson. Because without that defense, Russell Wilson isn't making back-to-back Super Bowls. Did he throw some bad interceptions? Yes. Did he make some great throws? Yes. He, made, he, he didn't have his best. He didn't look like he looked in 2013. However, with a 6-2 and two in eight games, you can't just go and say he's not the future. What the hell did Sam Bradford ever do? Sam Bradford's been hurt, and he had no talent around him. Here's the thing. You didn't answer my question. Was Nick Foles a good quarterback last year? I think he was good enough, and I think he, had, I think he showed potential to develop even further. Yes. Based on what? Based on the fact that he, he when he was with Macklin – who they got rid of, and I understand they didn't want to pay him, whatever. He, he still led the game back against the Colts. He led, he led the comeback against Washington. He wasn't the reason they lost the Arizona game. It was because they gave up an 80-yard touchdown with under two minutes left when they're up by three to John Brown, which should never happen. Did he throw some bad interceptions? Absolutely. Can I argue that he didn't? No, he did throw some bad interceptions. He also had some great throws. But what did Geno Smith do that you think he's got potential? And what does Dan Bradford think, ever do that you think he's got potential? I How think, many hold on, hold on. I think, I think that Geno Smith hasn't had an opportunity with an offensive-minded coach. I think we're going to see if Geno Smith's a player this year. And I'm not saying that Geno Smith is a player. So stop trying. I, I'm just saying we haven't seen yet. And we're going to see this year. Right whether he can play or not. But what I'm saying Hold is on. Right, Sam Bradford won a Heisman Trophy. Sam Bradford was an excellent quarterback. Sam Bradford was healthy for exactly one NFL season. That was his rookie year. He won Rookie of the Year. That's what he did. All right, he was a Heisman Trophy in college. Big deal. So was uh, Josh Heupel. What an NFL career he had. So that is absolutely nothing. Take that argument off the table. He was also the number one pick in the draft. So was Jamarcus Russell. And what did he ever do? Nothing. So take that off the table. Once you get in the NFL, it matters. It doesn't matter okay. what you do in college. Okay, then he won rookie of the year, and then he hasn't been healthy since. He's been healthy for enough games. He played in enough games since. He might not have been healthy a full season, but he's had more starts than Nick Foles has had. And look at his total QBR. Look at Nick Foles' total Look QBR. at the talent around him. Look at the coaches around him. It was horrible. You were just defending Jeff Fisher a couple of weeks ago when I was ripping him. Jeff Fisher, he, he used to play, what, one down with Jeff Fisher before he tore his ACL? No, he was, he was there. I think he was there at Bradford. No, he was. This has been there like four or five years. No, he was not. Look it up. I no. think he was. No, he was not. I, Steve, I, do you know I that? think you, Fisher. 
I think Fisher's only been there two years, three tops. So, and Bradford's played seven games in the last two years. So, yeah, he did not really get much of a shot with Fisher. Prone. That's all the injury prone. But that, that's what Kelly said. He said, if this guy can get healthy, and I believe we can get him healthy, we think we have a better quarterback. All right. And I, I haven't seen anything. His rookie season wasn't even exceptional. We looked at the numbers. It was okay. He played well as a rookie. Big deal. That was four years ago. Get and, over it. And then it was. And it was with no talent around him, though. You're out of your mind. And 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 my point was that you said Geno Smith hasn't had enough opportunity yet. Geno Smith has had plenty of opportunity. Okay. You got okay. you got to stop. You're biased. You make excuses for people you like, and you make uh, non-excuses. You for don't. I'm not making Jay Cutler. No, I have never said. I said I like Jay Cutler and I root for Jay Cutler, but no, I don't rank him in the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. I like him. He's the top ten guy. I don't think so. I'd have to go through the whole list of starting quarterbacks, you know. But I don't jump off the bandwagon. I mean, I like all right, him. all right, all right. Let's move. Let's move on before I, I start killing you and you start killing me. Um, Eric, I'm gonna keep you on for this one. Uh, number twenty. Let's assume that we stay there. We can't move up to get Mariota. Ray Dinger ranked the top three guys who he thinks uh, should go number twenty. Number one, he said Landon Collins, who by far is the best safety in in the draft. Number two is Brashard Perryman, who he insists is going to be there. He's got four two speed at six three. And number three, he said Jake Fisher, who the Eagles should consider, even though he is an Oregon Duck, especially with the Evan Mathis situation with Mathis not showing up. And apparently the Eagles going to, are going to get rid of Mathis one way or another. Eric, if you say a twenty and you get the usual suspects, just do me a favor, don't say like Amari Cooper or Kevin White. Uh, or even uh, Devontae Parker, who are projected to be gone. Who do you take at twenty? Well, if uh, if if Dinger's right and Collins is there, the safety, I take him. I want them to go defense. That's where I still think. I think the wide wide receiver class is deep enough. There's like twelve good wide receivers that you could probably get that in the next round or even the third round potentially if you do it right. So I think they uh, they got to go defense because that's where I still feel they have the most holes, and uh, and if you can get if you can get Collins, he's there. Which personally I don't think he's going to be there, but uh, that, that would be where I would go definitely. Personally, I go Perryman. Uh, I think we could use two receivers out of this draft class, and I, especially uh, in the second or third round, if you get a guy like Hilter Set who can be like a Deshaun Jackson, that would be awesome. Might be uh, asking too much, but Perryman I think is definitely going to be a possible game breaker. Who I think they should go. Go ahead, Gary. Well, Sports Illustrated um, actually had them in their mock draft. They had the Eagles taking Armstead in the first round. And He's the guy who shouldn't fall, and if he falls, I, and then they had him, him taking Dorsett in the second round. They even did a two-round mock, but that was, that was Sports Illustrated take on it. Um, I mean, I, I like. I'm kind of with the. I want to see. A, a dominating safety back here, a playmaker safety. If Collins is that guy, I also feel like we really do need receiver help. I mean, we we did put out some money in trades into the defense and improved it from last year. And I think the offensive side is lacking a little bit now, trying to catch up, especially at the receiver position. I know Urch is going to get a lot more looks, and he should he should be on the field more, and he might even kind of be considered a receiver at this point, but. If there's a playmaking receiver at 20 who you really have high on the board, I'd like to see him go in that direction. Yeah. Eric, any closing thoughts? 
Um, no, like I said, I do, I do see that receivers in need. I just know this is a deep class of receivers, There's a bunch of them, whereas I know secondary is not so deep in this draft. So if you pass on a strong secondary guy early, he's probably not going to be there. You're probably not going to get a quality one late. You well, might be looking at, like, a backup type. And whereas, there's something about, where, something about possibly being able to get Randall in the second or third and round. they like him better. Yeah, I, I kind of like him better. He's an ASU guy, but that's why I like him better. But he also uh, plays a pass a lot better than Collins does. Collins is more of a running stuffer. Well, I mean, if they get that break and he falls, I'd be I'd be happy with that. But you know, I just know that I know for a fact there's more wide receivers in this draft than there are secondary. So I I'd just be a little nervous passing up the a good secondary guy and hoping that you're going to find your guy later, as opposed to probably knowing the wide receiver is going to be there at some point, a a decent one that you're going to be able to get in the second round. But we'll see. Collins is at twenty. Are you going receiver? More than likely, at that point, if if he's not there, if he's off the board, and especially if uh, you know a good one, I, they say Perryman. I always worry about those scouting combine number guy number receivers. Like you know, they they make me a little nervous, but you know he does have the body type too. I do, but we'll see. Type, I mean, but yeah, he's got, yeah, and, he's got the yeah. he's got the he's got the family history. You know, he's got the body type. And he's got the combine and, he and all that. Produced last year. Yeah. All right. True. Thanks again for your call. I hope I hope we can talk to you next week, man. All right, hey, real fast. Uh, NBA playoffs. Who do you like? Uh, I gotta say I like uh, Cleveland. And even though they lost the first game, I think they're going to turn it around. Cleveland and the Spurs. Yeah, Eric wanted to bet me my, and my life savings on the. Team two of the Spurs versus Lob City because I enjoy Lob City. Yeah, I mean, he thinks the Spurs are. Clippers came out and played. They they held their ground. He thinks the Spurs are a lock in the game too. I absolutely do. I think I think they're going to make some. They're going to. They're the best. Plus, Popovich is so good at making adjustments, and for them to get blown out, that just doesn't happen twice with them. It doesn't matter who they're playing. They might not even. They might. The Clippers are so hot. The Clippers could beat the Spurs. Like that might be their biggest challenge. Uh, because, I mean, for some reason they own Golden State. But, um, you know, I know at least in game two I see the Spurs winning that game. I just do. Is that game tonight, Eric? Uh, no, it's tomorrow night. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll make sure we watch. All right, Dave, thanks All for All right. No problem. I'll see you guys. Talk All right, later. That was Eric. My best friend. Matt's best friend. He's a guy like he. Sometimes we disagree. Sometimes we agree. But we should get a poker game going. Yeah, I'll play. I'll play too. That's where we all met. And... Eric, what were we talking about before he called? We kind of went off off target there. Uh, rumor by Cowherd and. Oh right, right. Ginger's top three targets. Like I said, I, I, I think we need a receiver. And the reason why I go with receiver in the first round is because I think that we need someone who's going to make an impact. Yeah, I like the receiver, too, just because of how, how better it is. I think Earth is going to make an impact. But, um, you know, I, I, at the same time, I feel like a safety, it, it depends on the board. Is Collins the next great safety? I don't know. I'm not sure about that. I, I kind of agree with his point that sometimes the – 
best player at the scouting combine is a little overrated. Oh, always, always. You can't, but what it does is the top guys who do well at the combine, you got to go back and look at the tape again. And everyone who went back and saw Perryman's tape said, this guy's a stud. And that's why I think Perryman's got a shot not being there either. Yeah, he might it could be like It could be like last year. Now, if those two guys aren't there and the only guy there is Fisher, you take Fisher or do you move down? I consider moving down. Yeah, I consider moving down too. I, I'm always in the mindset, just based on how the NFL draft works and how much of a crapshoot it is, that unless there's a player on the board that you peg as one of your must-have guys and you haven't rated that high, if you have a clump together, if you have three, four guys in a few different positions and you could move back and pick up an extra pick and still get one of those guys, that's what I'll do. be honest with you. Yeah, I hear you. Um, all right. We're going to close out the show unless we get a call. If you guys want to call us, our phone numbers are 602-753-1597. Well, before we do that, I want to go into my little NBA playoff. Oh, I forgot. I'm sorry, dude. Yeah, I'm an NBA fan, Matt. Not as much. I, I am. I just – I don't start – again, like the hockey playoffs, I usually don't start following until about round two. Yeah, so – Except Lob City. Lob City. Yeah, Lob City. No, they they look good. Uh, a lot of people at the Spurs beating them, and I know the Spurs were a trendy pick. And I, I thought that the Clippers had a game plan. Now, the Spurs could still beat them in the series, but probably the best series one in the NBA right now. I think Memphis looked really good. They dominated Portland. I think they're going to win that series. I think the Cavs look good. I think the Nets have a shot to win two games first. I think Golden State pretty much has that series on lock. It's a, uh, I don't know. It's just so much better than the NHL. I disagree wholeheartedly. NHL playoffs, third period, and overtime, most exciting time. Well, Washington, Toronto went to overtime. Paul Pierce looked like 2008 Celtics version. Okay, but it's it's not the same. It's not the one trick. goal. It's not one goal. Everything hanging on one goal. And I don't know if you remember the seven overtime games from the Flyers had. That was the greatest sporting event I've ever seen. I couldn't watch 10 periods of hockey in one night. It just couldn't be done. Absolutely phenomenal. And I hope our caller from Canada, TJ, can reach us tonight. Uh, yeah, it's called in and then on top of another. I think, I think you realize we're on the phone with someone else. TJ, if you're there, call call back and attack this guy. who's an NBA lover of the NHL. He's a Raptor fan. He'll be defending his Raptors. I was texting him the other day about it. Raptors, are they actually in the playoffs this year? Yeah, they got beat by the Wizards. Uh, Paul Pierce looked like the old Paul Pierce. That's what I was talking about. Sure. Lit them up. Overtime games. Great game. They were up by, they were down by 16, came back, tied it up, and then lost in overtime. All right, let's close out the show with the top five homegrown Phillies. Now, everyone should know that we struggled, struggled mightily to come up with five homegrown Phillies because, honestly, the Phillies usually don't for their own talent. They usually trade for their talent. Guys like Steve Carlton and Kurt Schilling were traded for early in their career, but they were not homegrown by definition. So, yeah, number five, who do you got? I've seen that. Number five, I have Hall of Famer. I never really seen him play. Obviously, I've heard him announce a couple of games. Harry Callis. Sometimes we got the same number five. Yeah, but I mean, the stats speak for themselves. He's in the Hall of Fame, so you got to go with Richie Ashford. Absolutely. I have a Cooperstown starting lineup of him. That's pretty. 
Richie Ashburn was was a great player in the Wiz Kids. He actually kind of reminds me of the Phillies uh, outfielders of today. They have absolutely no power like he didn't, but he had a whole bunch of speed. He had over 300. Like, I think Herrera and Revere have potential to do. So, yeah, I would definitely take Richie Ashburn, except unlike Revere before this year, he could throw the ball. Yeah, that's not fair. Number four, who you got? Number four, I got uh, the second baseman. That case, everybody seemed me one favorite player besides mine. Chase Utley spoke for itself. Most successful period in Philadelphia Phillies history. Third hitter, big big time player. You know, Most consistent player in that in the heart of that lineup. Uh, I have him a little higher. Number four, I got Ryan Howard. Everyone wants to forget that Ryan Howard was an MVP player, and he probably would have been for another year if they had brought him up a year earlier and they weren't trying to control him. Everyone's going to forget that because he's a shell of himself now, and he's not the same player, and he can't hit the ball anymore. It's really sad to watch. But in his prime, Ryan Howard was one of the scariest sluggers in the major league. we got number three. Number three, surprisingly, because I wanted to put him number one, but I couldn't. Um, number three, I have my favorite all-time Philly. Number 11, Jimmy Rollins. <laughs> And that's his theme song. He is the best around. He is not. I, did, I played that sarcastically, sir. No, I did not. And I got him at number three. Could have had him at number one. My favorite. But, I mean, it speaks for itself, you know, great defensive player. He get it for power. He can hit, he, he hit the ball. He can steal bases. He can play defense. He can do everything. And you can hit him anywhere in the lineup. You can hit him first. You can hit him sixth. You can hit him fourth if you had to. And uh, probably the heart and soul of the team, in my opinion, um, got the team going. Was, again, a shortstop during the most successful period in Philadelphia Phillies history. So, Jimmy Rollins, number three. Oh, well, allow me to retort. He had three really good seasons. Other than that, he, he was he, he had longevity. Um, did not make my top five. Uh, he made honorable mention because again, this is a very weak class. I still think that Rollins is overrated. We all know that. Number three for me is Chase Utley. Uh, Gary touched on most of the reasons why. I don't know why you don't like this guy. No, I like Chase Utley. I just uh, we got a, we got another call, so we're gonna stop right there. Yeah, and we'll see what's going on with the call. Hello, caller. Hey guys. What's it's up? CJ. CJ. Nothing. I, I want to talk some hockey playoffs. Absolutely. All right. What's on your mind? I want to talk about Calgary. Big games. Big fights. Hart, Bob Hartley was fined twenty five thousand the second game for putting a, putting a goon squad out there. They were supposed to be one of the worst teams in the league this year. They got into the playoffs. Now they're up two one on Vancouver. That's the game to watch tonight. Ten o'clock West Coast game. It's going to be really exciting. 
Nice. So everyone listening, if you guys like some hockey playoffs, you gotta watch gotta watch that game. It's gonna be a lot of fights, a lot of a lot of heart being played the out big there. What's the big fight you're talking about? Was it like a team brawl? At the end, yeah, they were getting there I think they were losing they're losing four to one. But uh Bob Harley's a legendary coach for the he's on the flame he's coached the flames now. He put out the goon squad to uh motivate the boys. I like it. And, Absolutely. And it, wor- and it did worked. Catch, they, did you ahead. catch the uh, end of the uh, Jets game? I was driving home and I missed uh, overtime. Did they actually win it? Nah, they lost. They're down 3-0. I, I didn't watch the game. Oh. But, they, uh, yeah, they lost in overtime. They came out on fire. And that was really fun to watch. Yeah. That, that arena. Yeah they, said this, yeah, they said the stadium was going crazy. Uh, they haven't seen the play- they haven't seen the playoffs in a long time, and that was their that was their first game at home, and that was uh, would have been get- great for them to get a win. Where it looks like their uh, their season is going to be over uh, tomorrow. Absolutely. And then we got the Habs. The Habs. Are... No, he's a Canadians fan. I don't know. They had to do something, man. Some of the... right? Yeah, they're up. The Canadians are up three nothing. They're going to take the broom out in Ottawa tomorrow, and then they'll probably yeah. play the Lightning. Right. Let's just skip ahead. What do you think they're going to do against the Rangers? Oh, against the Rangers? Uh, I don't know. It's tough. The Rangers are good. you got great goaltending. So do we, but the Rangers got a better defense. So we'll see. Let's go we, back uh, to that cheap shot by your boy Subban. How do you feel about that? Yeah. I, it was a cheap shot. It was uh, I think it might have been a blessing in disguise. I think maybe Subban's going to not do that. He's known as being a cheap player. He lets his emotions get the best of him. So I think he's going to be more controlled now and uh, hopefully learn his lesson. He deserves a game suspension. The rule says if uh, you injure a player on the slash, you have to be kicked out of the game. So the penalty was fair, but uh, – Hopefully, another coach going ballistic and saying that they were going to go injure Subban. Do you worry about the, uh, the headhunters coming out in game four? No, I'm not worried about it. Um, he can't say that. He should have been fine. I think he should have been fine, like $20,000. But he's a rookie coach. Maybe he didn't know. He was uh, – he got – he took over the head coaching like halfway through the year. Why would he, he can't, he can't be saying game? things like that. He's letting Subban give him a heads up, letting him know. Yeah, well, you can't call out the goon squad if you can't say you're going to throw out the goon squad on another team if a certain penalty is not as good or if uh, he's not suspended. It, it's an empty threat. It'll just get him too bad. Yeah, but it's still, the, it's still the rule in the NHL. You still you still can't say that. But I don't think he was fined. As a hat fan, I wish he was fined. the worst commissioner in the history of sports? Is what? Gary Bettman, the worst commissioner in the history of sports? I think so. Oh, I don't know. I don't know too much about the uh, all the other commissioners. Let's switch to something interesting and talking about the NBA playoffs. How do you feel about your Raptors? Oh, I feel Paul good. Pierce I feel like Paul, yeah, I feel like Paul Pierce won't be able to do anything. He's going to be – he's an old man. He's going to be done for the next, uh, next week. He's going to be too sore. Uh, he's not going to go off like he did the other night. TJ, you you seriously off Philadelphia sports? You're not going to root for the Flyers if they make the cup? Yeah, I'll root for the Flyers, but I'll root for the Habs first. I didn't start well, watching hockey until I moved here. 
You gonna root for the Sixers over the Raptors? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I'll have a chance to root for the Sixers in the next decade. They're terrible. True. You think who do you think has a better shot to go further, the Canadians or the Raptors? <laughs> the Canadians for sure. The Raptors will be yeah, done the after the first the round. The no, I think the Raptors have won the first round, uh, even though they lost home court advantage, and then uh, they'll lose in the second round. But the Canadians have a good chance to go into the conference finals again. So we'll see. Canadians won't win at all. The Raptors, I mean, I don't know. The Raptors aren't going to. Yeah, I don't know. The Raptors could come back, but I don't, I don't know. The Wizards aren't too bad. You think, the, you think they're definitely going to come back and beat Washington? John Wall, you think no, John Wall is better it's... than Kyle Lowry? No. You think Lowry is better? Yeah, who do you think? Yeah. I think Wall's a poor player. Uh, Lowry, you're going to get better games from, but I think Wall's a better consistent player. Would you take DeRozan or Beal? I would take DeRozan. And this is just a shame we lost home court advantage because the home the sixth man are up there. The fans in Toronto are huge. They're some of the best fans in the NBA. Former Sixer. Former Sixer, great. Lou Williams, sixth man of the, of the year. Is that the biggest award yeah. coming to Toronto this season? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it might be. Maybe a playoff. Maybe a win in playoff series. What's that? Before you called, we were talking about our, our uh, best homegrown Phillies. You know, Phillies drafted, put them up through the minor league system, and then became a big leaguer here. Who's your favorite? Who do you think is the best? <laughs> I don't know. You're asking the wrong guy. Jimmy Rowland? Uh... TJ, do you remember when I yeah. bought a beer for someone who was slightly underage and we got questioned by uh... – <laughs> yeah. yeah, we got kicked out of the that. Phillies game. Yeah, I thought I thought it was Garrett. It, it, it was me and Todd. It was me and Todd. We got kicked out. <laughs> what happened? What's the story behind it? I don't know. I guess we oh. looked a little too young walking around with beers, beers, and we got carded and we got put back in the back office and uh, they kicked us out. They were free tickets though. Todd got free tickets yeah, because uh, I forget why, but he had free tickets to the game. Oh well. I thought you guys were going to yeah. jail. You would have been going to jail. They would have just got the underage. You would have been the one going to jail. <laughs> yeah, you weren't even there though. We just said we. I I I actually said I bought them with my ID, with my fake ID. So I I had you covered. Oh, uh, you're the man. You had a fake ID. So, yeah. Whose ID did you have? No, but I but I said I did. It was it was actually. Well, they would have. I had you one think they could have but. No, I mean I didn't really think that far ahead. <laughs> all right, but all right. I gotta run. Calgary tonight, yeah. ten o'clock. The big, big game for all the hockey fans out there. All right. Well, I'm not a big hockey fan, so I'm not gonna watch. But all the hockey fans will watch. Oh, wow, Senor Omar. All right, I'll talk to you. All right, bye guys. Bye. Uh, TJ would have quick chime in. Good, we were... good. He can be our hockey correspondent. Yeah, he could be our hockey guy. I feel like he did some research. That call. Absolutely. <laughs> But I don't know, because I don't know who the heck Mike comes in at. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, honestly, happy about my strong Um, Other than the Flyers. I do work for the Flyers, and I do yeah, never for the Flyers, though. So. So should we go back to Yep, number two. Room? We're at number two. Um, Like I mentioned before, Jimmy's my boy. But number two, probably the best 
best power hitter the city's ever seen. Oh, actually, maybe not, because number one could potentially be. But I don't know. Number one had a greater long career, but but that six-season stretch where Howard averaged like 45 homers on his RBIs was pretty thick. I got Howard at number two, most feared hitter in baseball during that time. You could say Albert Pujols maybe was, but he's either one or two. Um, nobody wanted to pitch him in the middle of the lineup. He could change the game with one swing at a bat. And, you know, might not have been the greatest fielder, but he definitely was respectable. And just what he could do at the plate was just more than enough, in my opinion. My number two is Robin Roberts. Leave it for my time. But my grandfather taught me about baseball, and he taught me about Phillies pitching, and he said Robin Roberts was the greatest, uh, the second greatest pitcher, or no, third greatest pitcher ever to pitch in Philadelphia. And he's definitely the greatest Philly who ever grew up. Uh, he said Lefty Gomes was uh, better and Christy Matheson. And I didn't think we should go as far back as Christy Matheson. So number two will be Robin Roberts, and I'm sure we both have the number same number one. Was Christy Matheson Philadelphia? Yes, he was. All right, that's cool. Um, yeah, number one, you know, it doesn't take a rock scientist to figure out 548 home runs. Michael Jack Schmidt. Gold Schmidt here too. Gold gloves. Off the Best third baseman to ever live. You know, Hall of Famer. Um, he's basically what you look for in a third baseman. Yeah, he might not have hit for a huge average. You know, I think he was like a career 267 hitter or something. But, you know, the home runs were there, the RBIs, the fielding. Again, he was a part of the previous great run that the Phillies had in the late 70s and early 80s, culminating with the 80 championship over the Royals. Um, you know, Mike Schmidt, number one. Now, I'm doing a pretty decent job on the broadcast. So I like listening to him. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Greatest third baseman for the Liberty. And probably will be the greatest service in the for a long time. Uh, there was some talk that A Rod could supplant him. He played that long enough. I think the steroid talk has gotten rid of that. But still, never. As good as A Rod is in the field, he was really a shortstop in the field. Schmidt is the best pure third base. A Rod was a better hitter, though. More right. power, more better at batting average, better on base percentage, better slugging. More juice. Uh, well, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not, well, I'm not counting the steroids, whatever. But I'm saying just based on asterisk. All right, but I'm just saying based on the numbers and all. Asterisk is a better hitter, but okay. Asterisk and again, he was a shortstop. But as far as as pure third baseman, and Schmidt, the main thing about Schmidt is he didn't come up with the second baseman. Well, he had a couple of rough years in the beginning. He, he turned a little bit of time to develop. He turned into the greatest third baseman of all time. Only one who's even close to him is Brooks Robinson. There was some talk a few years back. I forget who they were talking about, but he made a comment about one of the Phillies, and they 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 shot back and they said, you know, like something about one of the Phillies not producing very well. I forget what part. Maybe it was Dominic Brown or somebody. And a lot of people got mad because they said if, if Mike Schmidt was judged by the first couple seasons of his career, he wouldn't be player. Right. So, right. And he grew up into it, but he he was a special special player. Absolutely. I think that's it. Well, thank you guys. I want to say thank you to everyone who's listening. Uh, we got by far our biggest week. I mean, it just dwarfed all the other weeks. We got about 50 listens last week. About half of them were live. Thank you guys. Please feel free to call in. Again, number, oh, as always, it doesn't change, 602-753-1597. Let's get out a, a quick shout-out to the social media, at Matt Cisco or at Matt and Garrett, or at Talk with Matt and Garrett. So 
talk with Matt and Garrett. We're at Matt Cisco. And uh, again, 602 Thanks to A and TJ.